and welcome to another episode of Game Till Five. As ever, my name is Steph, and I am joined by Nikki. Hello, Nikki. Sup? Sorry, I'm just trying something new this this week. I mean, I liked it, but I was about to say that we are excited today, as it is our tenth episode. So, mini milestone excitement has stormed through the Game Till Five camp today. Yeah, yeah. Um, but apparently, Nikki's not so excited because I just get a sup. No, I was just trying to be cool. I just oh, get yeah. bored of saying hi or hello, so I just thought I'd be sup. Well, we can get you to do the intro if you want, and then you have words. Nah, maybe next time. This is the 10th episode Bonanza. This is this is your time. It's my time to shine. Um, so, uh, we're not really doing much other than talking about our top five companions, because Nikki is my companion, and I've been talking to her for 10 episodes. So we thought yes. we'd celebrate by talking about besties of the gaming world. 19 years, I think, maybe, in total. I don't know, I've just guessed that. Is that right? No, probably not. Uh, it's probably close to 19 years that we've known each other. It's been a long time. It has. Too long, some would say. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't. But also to celebrate, we asked Twitter for some questions, um, and we will be answering those about midway through the show. I'm thinking after Nikki's number three and before mine. So uh, stay tuned for those if you submitted one, or if you're just interested, like, interested to hear the shit that we want to say about questions mm-hmm. are you excited to do companions today nikki i am i've been waiting for this one for a very long time in fact i think when we first started i was like that's an episode that i'm gonna fucking enjoy yeah exciting and it's 10th episode so this is all a very exciting day for it us is it's an exciting day i guess we should talk about crossovers i don't know if we'll have any but if we do nikki what will the lovely people hear ow yeah <laughs> just i do it <laughs> I thought you wanted me to do it. I mean, it's a beautiful demonstration. Instead of Beetle this week, I think you should just do the noise. (sighs) No, I can't do it. It's really (laughs) hard. People that have never listened to this are just going to be like, what the fuck? (laughs) Pretty much. So me and Nikki like to talk about our top fives in various video gaming uh, subject. Today's is Companions, as I said a minute ago. And sometimes we have crossovers because we don't talk about what our top fives are going to be with each other beforehand so you know shit happens and if that does you will hear that wonderful noise that nikki is going to demonstrate once again Ow! yeah was that good beautiful. yeah it was oh, a good thanks. one i liked it so i think with this one as well it i guess i was thinking about kind of the definition of companion and i mean i've kind of gone for not necessarily npc but someone that's kind of with you throughout the whole game so companion is in you know someone who's kind of there doing stuff with you or like an actual teammate i think it's a good yeah. definition I think that's a good definition. I think I I might border on your definition a little bit, but I think you'll appreciate them anyway, so it's fine. I hope so. Yeah. Or else. Um, in that case, I think we've explained all the shit that we're supposed to explain at the start of this podcast, and uh, I guess we should get going. Shall I play the top five intro, Nikki? Yeah, let's do it. What are you buying? How about a game of lucky hit? Oh, a three-headed monkey! Oh! Let's go! So I said I was really hoping that you might put some air horns in there for our 10th episode bonanza, but I suppose you can't read my mind. I can't, Nikki. That is one power over the 19 years I have not developed. One day. Strangely. Yeah. One day, or I'll just have to replace you. Yeah. So i just like to apologise if anyone hears weird noises, because it's raining and I live in an attic like a goblin, so you may hear <laughs> the pitter-patter of rain, but if you do, then, I don't know, maybe it's like ASMR or some shit. Yeah. 
You might like it. You're welcome. I find it quite soothing, to be fair. That's good. I don't. No. <laughs> now you mention it, I'm really listening for it. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know who goes first. I, I think you go first, Nikki, because I went first oh, last no. week. All right. So my number five is a character called Minx. I think that's how you say it. From Baldur's Gate, namely number two. Ooh. Have you played Baldur's Gate before? I have played Baldur's Gate before. Have you played two? Or I think it's in one as well, actually. So I have played two, but I haven't played very much of two. Yeah. So I probably don't know this person. So Minx, I think you might remember if you heard his voice. He is an awesome character. He's a human ranger and he is a companion in the game. Um, but he's most memorable for being the proud owner of Boo, who is a miniature giant space hamster. Well, at least in his mind. It's normally just a hamster. That's pretty rad. Yeah. He's awesome. I The worst, like, first memory I have of Minx is, like, he just shouts loudly and aggressively, but in a very comical way. And I think it took me a while to actually remember him. I think I only really remembered him properly because it was I was very young when I played this game. It was when I was doing my research to the 90s PC games in our last episode. And, uh, and I suddenly thought, oh my god, like he was one of my favourite people that I ever interacted with in a game. He just, it's just, he's just comedy gold. Just pure comedy. I would recommend having a look, Steph, because you'll probably remember him. It's hard. Although I did forget him, which I feel bad about. Once you remember, it's hard to forget. Yeah. And he's well known, I think. A lot of people have said, like, that he, I think he's one, like, the characters kind of renowned for just being like the best the best things about Baldur's Gate to be honest um but sort of a bit of backstory into him um in the game he's currently undertaking his Dejima which is a ritual journey to manhood and is seeking adventure and glory in battle but Mm -hmm. so far in his life he considers the most notable experience in the world to be his um basically finding Boo who is the giant space hamster um (laughs) but yeah, no one really knows why he thinks there's a giant space hamster. He, you know, maybe they do exist, but yeah. he's just decided that's what he is. But he is a bit mad and potentially has taken a lot of knots to the head, people say. Um, but yeah, he's awesome. And he relies on Boo, apparently, for moral support, decision making and wisdom, believing him to be special, which, I mean, he is. Uh, but yeah, that's Minx. I like the I sound I of Minx. I can't say his name right. Minx. Minx. <laughs> How is it spelled? M I N S C. Minsk. Minsk. <laughs> just, Minsk. You just can't say it without sounding like an idiot. Yeah, no, I'm not even going to try. I'm Minsk. terrible with names at the best of times. But time. Boo, you can say Boo. I can say Boo. And boo that's is, probably yeah. the one I'd want to say with the space hamster general. Yeah, he's amazing. And I think you even get to use the hamster in combat. Amazing. To be honest, a character in a game that has a pet hamster that uses him in combat is like my dream yeah that just sounds like you that's that's your invented character and he's a bit mad so yeah (laughs) i reiterate it's just that's your invented character that's you pretty much so i picked him as well just because yeah he's just i think he's very lovable insane Mm. but just very memorable and i don't know just very unique i think like i don't think you do get some really like unique characters in games and i like to think that i put them in my list but he's definitely he's definitely up there yeah, if you've remembered him and he made that game for you, like, mm. ten times more enjoyable, he's definitely going to be a good companion to have, yeah. for sure. So i got some facts about Minsk. Yeah. I like <laughs> <laughs> um, I sound Swedish. Minsk. No, I like it. <laughs> so i got some facts about Minsk. Um, so basically, Minsk and Boo originated in pen and paper Dungeons and Dragons, because obviously Baldur's Gate is 
pretty much based on Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So the way he did originate was he, it was from a session by the lead designer of Boulder's Gate, James Olin, uh, along with Cameron Topher, who is associate producer and lead programmer of MDK2. So yeah. you know, I was mentioned in your last episode. When it you was. Nice your list. throwback. Um, they basically were playing, playing Dungeons and Dragons and um, this guy and his pet hamster um, turned up in it. Basically, they made him. So that's kind of where he came from. Very cool. Which is cool. I like it. Uh, another fact as well, which uh, originates in the voice actor who is amazing, and I knew he was amazing because he has a great voice, but I also didn't know that he is a very famous voice actor called Jim Cummings, which you might recognise. I know that name, yeah. To be the guy who voices Winnie the Pooh since the 80s, pretty much. Amazing. Uh, he also voices Robotnik, Sonic the Hedgehog, well, no, sorry, <laughs> not Robotnik and Sonic the Hedgehog, that's, that's a fucking talent. That he is. just voices Robotnik from Sonic the Hedgehog. He does Tigger as well. He's done loads of Disney. He's been in, like, Aladdin, like, Ants, and he's done things in Fallout, Mass Effect. Like, he's freaking awesome. So part of that is uh, is the way that he reads the lines and the things that he says, which is one of the best things about Minx, in my opinion. So he has the best quotes and lines from any game, what rivals many games, in my opinion. So it's very hard if you haven't kind of, like, don't know what he is or what he sounds like. But some of his lines, I'm not going to do impressions of them because I did Damn. impressions last episode. And yeah. I just did a Beatle voice and I'm not happy about it. It will give me anxiety <laughs> for a week. <laughs> um, it's true. So I'm just going to read them. One of my favourite lines and one of his most known lines is where he shouts in battle, go for the eyes, boo, go for the eyes. And then he like screams. <laughs> I like it. That's a good, uh, just a general good rule yeah. of thumb for... Uh, another one. I like butt kicking and I cannot lie, which is also a good one. My other favourite is when the going gets tough, somebody hold my rodent, which is just funny. <laughs> in line with that, some my other facts, my last facts, because I'm not going to go crazy in this episode, is, uh, so obviously Baldur's Gate is made by Bioware. Yep. So it's referenced later in Mass Effect, which I enjoyed a lot and maybe I didn't really realise until now, which makes it all the better, which is in Mass Effect 2 and 3... When the party member Tally uses her combat drone ability, she'll occasionally cry, go for the optics, Chiquita, which is funny, which is obviously referenced to go for the eyes. Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> in Mass Effect 3's DLC Citadel, if Shepard owns a hamster, they will tell it to go to the eyes of anyone who tries to mess with it again. And uh, yeah, again says, sit tight little guy, if anyone gives you trouble, go for the eyes, which is good. That must be where the space hamsters come from. I like it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my last and final fact is Jim Cummings, which he is actually a character in the TV show Codename Kids Next Door, which uh, basically hosts a parody of Minx, which is, I did watch a bit of it earlier. It's like this crazy guy who yells a lot, which is basically him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he's this character called Moosk. And uh, apparently there's a part in it where he jumps from a plane and yells, where Moose goes, tires get the butt kicking, and also loads of other ones, and just about general butt, butt kicking, because that's kind of what he normally yells about. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's and the actor is voiced by Jim Cummings, so... Amazing. It's awesome. It sounds great, like a great character, and I do need to play more Baldur's Gate, but now yeah. I know that Minsk is in it with his space hat, so I think I'll endeavour to try and do it more. Give it YouTube, type in Minx quotes and stuff, and you'll, you'll probably remember him, because it was the same for me, where I was just like, oh my god, how could I ever forget this man? This this is me. <laughs> this is my this is my destiny, if I lived in a strange dungeon yeah. and dragon world. So, yeah, that's my number five, and I'm, I'm finished. 
I like it. I mean, I'm not finished for the day. Oh. I'm off. Bye. She's done one. That's all she could do today. She only had one friend. I like it. It's a good, solid number five. Uh, in the, And moving on, I will just hop straight into my number five. That is Alex Vance from Half-Life 2. Now, nice. I will start this off by saying I am currently like halfway through Half-Life 2, having never really played it that much before. I know a lot about it as I think you can't really live on this planet without you know hearing about half-life 2 if you are slightly into games and i'm ashamed to say that this is kind of like my first time playing it but i am enjoying it and because of this i think i had to throw alex in there because she's a very interesting character and i think the more i did research on her and stuff the more it kind of just solidified that i had to mention her in this top five so like i said she's in half-life 2 which is by valve and was released in 2004 um I think she, because Gordon Freeman, the main character who you play as, is kind of like Link. He's just a silent, you know, protagonist. He doesn't say anything. You just kind of play as him. Everyone kind of talks at you a lot. And I think because Alex is with you for like most of that, you kind of rely on her to kind of provide a lot of the emotion and stuff that you're supposed to feel at points in the stories. Um which I really enjoy. And I think at the time that she was made, she was quite, um, I guess, revolutionary is kind of the word for that kind of NPC being more than, you know, just something that follows you other than the more in-depth kind of RPG games like Bolt Escape and that kind of thing where character is a big thing. You know, in first-person shooters, it's not, it wasn't really like story and that. It was kind of like shoot the things and have fun. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, I don't really have much more because, like I said, she's kind of new to me um, and I'm still kind of working my way through it. But I found her really useful. Like, she is great in combat. Um, she actually can do stuff. And obviously, she's you, you need her in the game because she opens doors and removes obstacles and stuff out the way for you. Um, and you never really feel like you have to look after her, which is nice. Her health just regenerates um, pretty fast it seems so i think unless i properly tried to murder her in some way she won't really die i mean that would make the game dark that would fuck this woman let's just murder her that would be a dark turn for gordon freeman yeah yeah good idea can can you murder her i don't think so i haven't that would kind of ruin the game and i've only played half-life one so i don't actually know I have a feeling it's kind of a case of you can not help her. Like, I think you can ah. kind of help her heal and stuff. And, um, yeah. So counts as manslaughter, I think, but it's fine. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, as long as I know where I am on which side of the law, then that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, she, I think, has a good depth in terms of female. I mean, obviously, in the standards now of female characters, I think she's not quite as up there as I think she once was. But I think she does pretty well at conveying, you know, human emotion and a little bit more of a less sex symbol, more companion. That's always a good thing. For women. Yeah. Which is, you know, nice. Not to make this all, you know, female empowerment or whatever. But, you know, I'm a girl. So I appreciate it when it's done that way. Um, And to that point, actually, I found a quote uh, from Game Informer back in the day, which was uh, basically said, in a medium where female characters too often exist solely for their romantic relationship with a male protagonist Alex is strong, independent and awesome without making a point out of it and I feel like that really kind of yeah. captures her and what I know of her so far um, 
but yeah so that was kind of my short and sweet thing on her um i do have a couple of facts um my one fact is unlike other games with like npcs that kind of have repetitive behaviors that kind of follow you around um alex is programmed to engage more in context sensitive behaviors so for example when she's in hand-to-hand combat her enemy uh may perform a certain type of like dynamic interaction uh where she would struggle or succeed um so it's kind of a little bit more programmed to see her like not just stand yeah it's a bit bit more real yeah it kind of feels she's not like she doesn't look indestructible yeah definitely it definitely feels more like she's not just standing there and shooting pointlessly and sometimes her bullets will hit the people and sometimes they won't just for you know to give the illusion of her doing something she's actually interacting with the other you know the enemy characters which is you know different especially of that age as well Mm. um i don't think many other games do it and there's like a referenced her to being like somebody else who i won't mention because i'm pretty sure she'll be on one of our lists um but yeah she's great um and her my other fact was her character design uses a modified version of the real life actress uh jamil mullen who did a lot of the um like movement and stuff for her um jamil mullen is a um I don't really describe what she's been in other than I think you'd recognise her if you saw her. I think she's just like a TV model and stuff. But I think the face and stuff of her whole design um, was really based on Jamil's face rather than... Even even though she's not the voice actress. But you can really see it if you look up a picture of her. Um, yeah. She's yeah. Good. Sweet. Yeah. And that's my number five. So short but sweet. Awesome. That's cool. It's all good. It's a good number five. I like where mm. we're going. <laughs> like this train's progress it's going yeah. well so that means i've run to my number four and no one is probably surprised whoever knows me that my number four is also a bioweg character oh <laughs> just touchy touchy territory with you mm-hmm. uh so my number four is grunt from mass Aww, effect nice two and three very glad so, grunt this was a hard one because I went through a lot of Mass Effect characters and I was like, I love all of them, but it was only when I started watching some clips that I was just like, Grunt is my man. Yeah. Like, I thought, I do love Outnot Rex, I do, the other Krogan in the game. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know what Krogan is, it's like a big, scaly, reptile tortoise. I don't know how you would describe a Krogan. Yeah, that's probably a good description of him. Um... But Grunt, I think, the reason I love Grunt is because he's like your big Krogan son. <laughs> he is. He is like your big Krogan son. And I think also with Rex, Rex is really only your companion in the first game. Whereas Re- yeah. uh, Grunt is with you for two. Yeah, and I feel like Rex kind of, he's more like your dad, you know? Like, yeah. he's kind of, he's he knows what he's doing. He's probably quite old. Grunt is only like a baby, really. I mean, he's a grown Krogan man with a very deep voice. Um, so he's not really a baby, but in his, in his, like, it's like a dog and cat years. He's like a baby in his way. Yeah. But yeah, Rex is like an adult and he's, you just, you know, he's cool. And I like, I like Rex, but Grunt is just, yeah, your big son. Yeah. Your big like oversized son. Your big tortoise man son. <laughs> um, but to give some backstory. So yeah, Grunt was in Mass Effect 2 and 3, uh, which is made by Bioware because I'm a Bioware fanboy. And, um, so to give some backstory to Grunt, he was creating a tank basically, by a guy called O'Kear, who was investigating the Genophage virus, which I think was a virus that kind of 
stopped their species being able to reproduce. Yeah. So he basically made Grunt in a tank. Uh, then he went a bit mad and it didn't kind of end up being... Because he was trying to sort of... I think he was trying to, you know, help and kind of work towards, you know, fixing it. But just ended up getting a bit mad and just decided he was going to create this fucking superior Krogan that was like genetically pure and everything. And he created Grunt. So you basically find him, I think, when he's fresh out of his tank, actually, potentially. Yeah, he's pretty new. Um, so when he comes out, he's like a big guy. Uh, but he kind of lacks the normal upbringing that Krogan's would have had. So he's just very violent, aggressive, and quite Im- impatient, I suppose. I mean, he's lovable. Yeah. <laughs> Not selling him, but, you know, they're, they're, in their nature, they're all very unpredictable and violent, but they kind of get training to stop being that. Whereas Grunt kind of just like, you know, he's pretty out of control. But I think the nice thing is he seeks a lot of guidance from you. And he asks you a lot of questions, and he wants to know lots of things about the galaxy and everything. Because all he was really... All he learned was sort of the imprinting I think he had from the tank. I think he got education in the tank, but, you know, it's not really much. Yeah, tank education is not, you know, private school level. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's why I picked Grunt. I just think that... And also his, his character development is nice as well, because obviously he's kind of growing around you and learning the world around you. And um, there's that. And then the fact that he is the best character in the Citadel DLC, which is, <laughs> which is a DLC that they made for Mass Effect three which i'm very glad they did because everyone knows mass effect three had a bit of a pooper of an ending um so they actually when they released that dlc it really made it better because it was like a nice little homage towards the end of the game where you can basically have a big pie and get everyone there and it's it's so nice i really really enjoyed this edition and i recommend for anyone that potentially played three but never played the dlc like it's definitely worth a playthrough just for that but anyway so the best part about this DLC is when you pick Grunt up, for, like from it's almost like from the police station because he's gotten a load of trouble. Yeah, um, and like yeah, and like the guards are basically explaining to you like what's happened in a really comical way. Like he set fire to cars and all this kind of shit, and Grunt's kind of just sat there like a naughty child. Like it's it's the best. And I think at the end of that clip, you tell him that you love him because it is hilarious. Um, <laughs> the other part, the other reason I love him is at the party. So Grunt decides to serve as the party's bouncer by the front door, by the vid phone, which is like a buzzer, I suppose. He just decides that he's going to be the bouncer, basically, yeah. at the party. And honestly, I don't think I've ever laughed so hard at a game before in my life, other than playing the CODSC. I was in tears. So he just stands there, and people are obviously like, knocking at them, and you can see them on the little TV, and they're trying to get in, and he's just like, no, no, <laughs> you can't come in, no. And he just turns it off. And it's hilarious because he just stood there just doing that the whole time. And you could just go up to him and he's just fucking doing it all night. And some of the funniest parts, I think, is where he realises that Shepard doesn't have a half-brother called Sheppy the Bolus. Um, and at one point, apparently, he gets very tempted by cookies, but gets over it. So someone basically offers him cookies and he says no, which is fair enough. Yeah. Um, but he's like, no, you can't come in. It's amazing. Good work, and then <laughs> the other the other part of the DLC. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. I'm not really. I'm just giving you grunts amazing yeah, you know you need scenarios to parts of grunt yeah the best other bit is where i told you about this i don't know if it was before you i think it was before you actually played it yeah it was um and i was like there's this bit in the shower just make sure you go into the toilet every now and again and grunt is basically passed out in the shower and he's just mumbling so <laughs> he's like half asleep and his quotes i'm gonna read some of them i'm gonna pick the best ones because it's just pure gold so the first quote is Salarians have wiggly arms. And he's like mumbling almost under his breath. 
which I agree, Solarians do have wiggly arms, so that's yeah, a good it's one. A fair description. The other one is, damn your lettuce, which is also good. Yeah, uh, random. He then asks you if you're a wizard, and then <laughs> my favourite one is where he just goes, sharks! Just shout sharks for no reason. That's also a good one. Uh, and then, I'm a pretty bird. <laughs> and then maybe the best one of all is where he says I'm sad Hannah can't wear sweaters <laughs> Hannah are like big jellyfish species yeah. and they can't wear sweaters he's right that's true poor sweaterless Hannahs so D- yeah yeah I think I think the reason I bought that DLC was because you messaging me telling me being like I think you I'm over on Snapchat it. the video to I've you been, of him, like, in the did. shower I think you were just like I've been in tears for a good hour <laughs> Grunt is hilarious. He's drunk and yelling sharks. And I just, yeah, and I think I then went and bought it almost immediately. I was yeah. like, I need to see these. It's worth it. It's event. 100% worth it's it. It's probably the only DLC I've ever bought, really. Mm. And I'm so glad I have. And in the morning, I don't know if you remember this, but he also says one of his best ever quotes again, which is uh, he's in the kitchen and he's suffering from his hangover. And he just says, I don't remember much after I ate the lamp. <laughs> that killed me literally yeah. killed me um so i've got some facts about my main man grunt mm-hmm. um not many it's hard to find facts about companions 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 <laughs> um so his name is pretty obvious probably uh it's likely a reference to military slang that denotes infantrymen basically or like a lower, you know, ranking yeah. grunt. A grunt, pretty, bo- yeah. pretty boring fact. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not on my fact game. Um, what is this? <laughs> it's 10th uh, episode. I was expecting you to bring uh, the facts. It's hard. Bring I down just, the facts. I don't put facts in unless they're quality. And yeah, okay, that wasn't that quality, but I just don't have much to work with. It's not That's my right. fault. We'll let you off. It's the internet. Anyway. <laughs> My other fact is about the general sort of design. Um, he was designed to look young like a baby, despite looking like a big dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Um, so he actually looks a bit different to other Krogans. Yeah, uh, they yeah. designed him so that his he has like lizard scales rather than tortoise-like skin. And he does yeah. look a bit different. And his, his head doesn't form into like a solid plate either, um, sort of resembling what I suppose like a no- newborn baby's skull does, where it kind of like fuses. Yeah, so. he's a little bit more round and squidgy than... The pointy head, yeah, Krogan. He doesn't look as aggressive. He's kind of cute. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, he's voiced by Steve Blum, who I don't really need to explain because everyone knows Steve Blum. He's like in everything, and he's amazing. And the only other thing that I really know him from—I mean, he's he's in everything. I know him from so much, but one thing that I know him from, who I love, is he voices Ogren in Dragon Age. Yeah. So he very very good voice actor. He doesn't really need much explanation. But yeah, that's about it, really. That's Grunt. Amazing. I love that you mentioned Grunt. Uh, the Krogans are probably my favourite Mass Effect species. Um, behind the... I think it's the Elrond. Or the El... Elrond? Yeah. The ones that talk their feelings. Oh. Yeah. That's not the Hanar. Oh, no, no. You're talking about the like the big kind of beastie looking ones, right? Yeah, they're all like on four legs. Oh, they're always they're like... They're like Eeyore. And they just say... Yeah sadness but they all talk like even like when they're like ecstatic happiness they yeah, just that's true. say their feeling and talk in the same monotone it's amazing but yeah the krogan are just amazing 
they're so much fun yeah so i was really happy when i rediscovered grunt while i was exploring because i remembered about all the citadel stuff and and i just thought yeah he's he's my fave it seems to be that i love big shouty aggressive companions it seems yeah so far this is what we're learning about you yeah we learn see myself in them yeah we learn new things about ourselves every time we do this podcast yeah anyway what's your number four my number four. My number four is Fane from Divinity Original Sin 2. I have um, played this. So it's very good. It's very similar to like games like Baldur's Gate. It's an RPG in the traditional sense of RPG. Um, it was released fairly recently, number two, in I think 2017. Um, it's now on Xbox and PlayStation 4. So I think we should get it, actually, and we can play co-op because you can co-op it. Um, and... <gasps> Yeah, it's very interesting game. It's really nice and well done RPG uh, for a modern one, especially. It's just really great game. So if you haven't played it and you kind of like those games, I would recommend um, getting on it. Um, and the the only confusing thing I think about Fane for this list is that you basically you can create your own character or you can select a pre-made one. And Fane is one of the pre-made characters that you can possibly play as. However, you can also, when you're in the game, recruit up to three companions, and the companions are made up of the pre-made, like, heroes that you can choose at the start. Um, So when I have played it, I've only played it twice, and I've only kind of gotten a little way through both times. Um, So Fane's basic story, because he's a pre-made character and they kind of give you one, uh, is that you wake up and the world that you knew is gone. You're the last of your kind and you have to hide behind a mask because Fane, I should probably explain because you don't understand, is a skeleton man uh, who lives in a world of mostly humanoid looking people. There are some lizard people as well, but mostly, and the dwarf, but mostly everyone is like humanoid. <laughs> Skeleton, and no one... humanoids, and there's a dwarf. <laughs> just one. Yeah, just one. Just a couple of dwarfs. No, there's a whole thing of No dwarves. one knows how he came around. <laughs> Was it the dwarf or the egg? Nobody or the knows. Egg? Or eggs. Did... Where do they hatch from? Do dwarves come from eggs? <laughs> Who Who's laying these dwarf eggs? <laughs> what kind of weird chicken? Um, So... <laughs> Fane is a skeleton man, undead, essentially, is probably what I should call him. He's the last of his kind, um, so nobody really understands what Fane is, and, you know, it kind of freaks, people freak out when they see him, so he wears a mask that hides his appearance, essentially, um, and his main purpose for being in the game is to search out for the truth about history um, of your people, who, which basically no one understands. Like, no one knew that this existed. Like, if someone saw you walking around, they'd be totally freaked out because they're like, what the hell are you? You're not, you know, a normal thing. Because no one's seen or heard of these kind of people, these he, undead, for he's a skeleton. Like, millennia. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I'm doing a terrible it's job of explaining pretty, this Pretty again. clear what he is. Well, he's a skeleton. Yes, <laughs> but I guess people don't normally see them walking around and talking. I don't know. It depends how many drugs you've taken oh well yes if you're like nikki and you've taken multiple i don't drops take acid, drugs i don't i'm good i know i don't need them i'm high on life you giant hippie i um if oh, you know what i've lost sorry back again <laughs> just doing that was totally my fault i brought up skeletons i brought up dwarves coming from eggs and i was all like acid and shit i'm sorry 
we I were talking it. about how he was struggling to fit in the world as an outcast skeleton man, and there's one dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I so shit explaining games? Right. I love it. Personally, it makes my day. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're entertained. I'm sure someone's Because, I mean, not it's totally not like I read from a script whenever I read about my characters. Yeah. I think this is my this is the downfall of my lack of preparation before doing these. I don't know. I love your explanations. I think they're great. Thanks. Right. And with that, I'm going to continue on my terrible exploration great. rant. Um, you know what? I'm not. That's about it. Fane's a skeleton <laughs> and he can be your companion uh, in the starting area um, where you begin your journey. You can find Fane and he can join your party. Um, the cool thing about the parties in Divinity is that you can gain control of all your companions and do different stuff with them so say your uh like your main character is the one single dwarf that's hatched from an egg he um you can at any point if fane is in your party you can select fane and he can go off and do his own thing so you can kind of separate your party Uh, and this is really useful because you can kind of get people to give you different answers if you talk to different npcs um slightly with different characters and all this kind of thing so the game is really in depth and really different and you can have lots of different play styles and it kind of you can help you can do stuff like battles and different uh, strategies of fighting and stuff by doing this separation thing and all this kind of stuff so it's just really interesting and i really like fane as an extra character because he probably brings the most humor he's uh obviously his last of his kind but he's a little bit like eeyore he's a little bit half down on it but in kind of amusing way and um i don't know he's just a really interesting character and he often has a lot of interesting stuff to say about the lore and the history of the game um so if you really like the lore side of the game um i would really recommend that you have him in your party because he has a lot more interesting to say of like noteworthy areas and things um than like other characters will do on certain artifacts and things so you kind of learn a little bit more with him uh so i really like him for that and i think he's probably one of the most amusing in there as well so just generally between that like he teaches you stuff and he's funny so he's just probably one of the best companions to put in your your team uh he's also pretty useful because being undead he can't use health potions health potions have like the opposite effect on him um which would normally make it really annoying to play with as your main character but as a companion you can kind of say like well i don't need to waste my health potion on you but you can use poison to heal him so you can kind of like give him all the poison and use all the health potions on you so yeah just kind of balances out your party inventory and stuff like that which is nice um i really don't have many facts for this um, other than kind of one fact about the game, and I couldn't find any facts particularly about Fane, um, other than that one kind of about the fact that he gives you a bit more lore, was that um, the music in the game was not composed by the longtime studio uh, collaborative Krill Proskowski, because he died, unfortunately, in 2015. Uh, instead, a man called Boris Slavov took over the reins, um, and he makes new tracks out of some of the krill's earlier like compositions which i thought was really nice so he like remixes them into his own new music so it's kind of keeps uh his legacy of working on the first game uh and kind of mixes in the new one um and that's it because i think i should just stop talking about fane because it's just not been a very successful endeavor for me (laughs) but uh yeah he's good it's a really good game and it's a really good character so i would recommend both of those things sweet 
Yeah. Good pick. Right, so now it's my number three. Yes. We're going through this pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my number three is also a Bioware character. I'm sorry, I didn't even mean to do this. This was <laughs> what accidental. Have you done? Totally accidental. It was just the order I put them in. They're not all Bioware, I promise. Um, but this character is called HK47. I don't know if you've played... That sounds very familiar. KOTOR. But one. I have not played KOTOR 1, unfortunately. Yes. I've always so, wanted to, and I've just never played it. Well, you can get it on your phone. You can download it from the Play Store, so you have no excuse. Yes, uh, so, HK47 is from Knights of the Republic, which is a Star Wars RPG. So it's from way back in the day. I don't know a year exactly. But it was one of my favourite games when I was younger, and definitely because I loved Star Wars as well. Um, so he is a droid which isn't my normal cup of tea, but he is the sassiest droid in the galaxy. And why I say sassy, he's also pretty, I don't know, he's a bit of a sociopath, to be honest. It's a bit insane. Amazing. A bit on um, the border of sassy and well, yeah, he's, I like it. He's basically a hunter-killer, like, assassin droid, and he was constructed by a character that I'm not going to name because it spoils the whole game. Um, and basically, in the game, when you meet him, his memory's been wiped, but he has no memory of his old master. You find him and he just, he's just a bit of a dick, to be honest, but like the most lovable dick in the way that you just can't help but just think, Jesus, you're hilarious. I don't care that you're insulting me. Um, so basically, HK47, a result of his master's programming, basically displays uh, a lot of aggression and little disregard for any form of life. Um, he's driven by a pretty big desire for violence and carnage. Um, he's very often characterised by the term that he uses meatbag for calling anybody that basically isn't his master meatbag is an insult like you know I'm just going to call yeah. you meatbag yeah you're a um, bag of meat so any human is basically you refer to as meatbag like um, so this this insult was basically originally used when the um, droid master's apprentice had asked what the droid had thought of him and he called him a meatbag so well meatbag status sorry that's probably the better way to put it like um that. he just doesn't like people really apart from his master so his personality program basically caused him to be this sociopathic insane robot yeah. and who just loves murder really <laughs> and Dark. you know if you want to give it a watch i definitely would recommend watching some of his dialogue because you know he's a robot but he's just got a lot of personality yeah. Maybe he may be psychotic, but it's a personality still, nonetheless. And uh, you kind of grow to love him, even though he's still called you meatbag. And you kind of tell that he does grow to love you as well, in, in some ways. But just having him around to basically like narrate people, point out certain things, like it's just it is great. And I think quite a lot before his time as well. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I definitely hear that a lot about that game. Uh, just yeah. that it just stood out, especially at the time, and it still kind of sells out now as a good game. Yeah. He kind of reminds me a little bit, not really, but a little bit of the droid in Rogue One. Because mm, he's a little bit sassy. Like. Yeah, but that's if, a very sassy robot. If you were to take that robot from Rogue One and up the basically psychopathic kind of tendencies 100%, then you'd get HK-47. Nice. Is it K2SO? I think so, Rogue yeah. One? When I remember I watched that, I kind of thought in my mind, I was like, oh my god, they've like taken inspiration from that. I don't know if they have. I haven't been able to confirm or deny that. But personally, I think that... I don't know. I don't know enough about the people that made that movie, but I'd like to think that maybe they they thought of him. Because in my opinion, the games are... I love the movies, and I love the games, and to me, they should be intertwined, really. Because 
it it goes it's obviously that a lot of the co- lights are obviously back in time but it's all the canon it's all related it's all the star wars yeah. universe well i know that lucas arts are very protective of their timeline and mm. everything in it and everything in their universe essentially so if it was made you know and licensed by lucas they will generally have had a important kind of conversation about it for sure so you're probably well yeah correct that into the i unit. hope so yeah but i just yeah those two are He's matching just, of some kind i think there's just definitely something i like about my companions i like them to be funny even if they're insulting and crazy like it's just it's having that comedy to almost make the game just i don't know like they're just it's weird i just i think i just need that comedy aspect you know grunt and then also with like minx like it's just, it's just to have that just comedy aspect i think can just make a game really yeah definitely well it attaches you to them really yeah. like if they can make you laugh then you've already become slightly attached to them rather exactly. than just you know some random person that is following you around or has no life and that kind of thing like i like it i like yeah. that you've gone with the crazies yeah as well I, I didn't mean to i didn't mean to it just happened oh. this way and it's making me think about my life yeah well good you <laughs> should reflect on that i will young lady so some facts not very many only two uh, what happened to me? I've, I've sunk. You've so fallen. Low. You've fallen from grace. So, which is the origins of the name HK47 um, comes from Bioware writer Drew Carpigian. Do you know how I said that right? He drew inspiration from the name of um, his billiards team as well as that of the infamous AK47 rifle. Hence yeah. HK47. Yeah. Um, and HK47, uh, I'm not the only person who loves him, it seems, because he's received... Um, highly positive critical reception for his character design and unique personality. He's won mm-hmm. several awards for his character, including Original Character of the Year and 2004 Game Developers Choice Awards and Computer Gaming World's 2003 NPC of the Year Award. Wow, that's quite so, a prestigious award. Yeah, similar, I think, to Minx. He he won a lot of things like that, from what I remember, Like, and he's just renowned. So there's definitely character in, in being funny and slightly mad. So yeah. everyone, if, you, if you're slightly crazy and slightly mad, that's fine. Yeah, you may win an NPC award exactly um yeah or go to jail yeah well i think life's a bit like that it's a 50 50 chance it is award or jail i think you kind of thinly walk that line every day yeah but i think as well to speak of bioware um the reason i think they hit my list so much was because from the very beginning boulder's gate like the companions and the characters that they like created like so much character and they continue to do it hopefully (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> they survive the anthems yeah yeah um like thing you know things like dragon age like mass effect like the characters and, and natural public have so much personality and they carry you through the game and they're always normally there with you throughout the whole thing and it's it's obviously it's a narrative based thing like the characters are just always amazing they always have so much personality it was hard to pick to be honest mm. yeah so i, I that's why i think by where i made my list it's just because they just they're good at character design they are hopefully they're very they good. continue yeah they're good at making friends for you to have adventures with yeah i mean i don't like everyone (laughs) there's some characters that i'm like fuck that guy but um i can't think of the top of my head who who that would be but they're definitely (laughs) well i know i've been burned before and i will be burned again jacob that's three no i don't mind jacob i'm just being a bitch um jacob's all right i was just trying to pick on someone um jacob got it (laughs) that jacob damn you jacob Damn it, Jacob. Curse you into heck. <laughs> anyway, that is actually my number three. Done. I like it. 
I like number three. And I think in number three, Lou, before I do mine, we're going to segue in some questions. Yeah, I said in lieu of mine. <laughs> Get the lube. We're going into the questions. Dry. I mean, bite the pillow, Nikki. We're going in. <laughs> so we're doing questions. We are. We're going to throw some questions in. It's cool. mid-question time. I didn't prepare a a drop for this, so I'm gonna pretend like I've made one and go midway question time. Boop doop boop 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 boop. Where are the air horns? Ha ha ha! It's my air horn. Someone needs to make like a remix out of that. Well, it's raining now in my room, so maybe you can hear that. Um, so we're gonna go on to the questions now. Question Thanks time. everyone for sending in questions. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah. We didn't think we were going to have any, so I thought I was going to have to use the weird Ask FM thing where you have like a bot asking you questions. Uh, maybe we'll put one of those in there just for the lols. <laughs> but uh, we're going to go to first question, and this first question is from Max. I got till five, which yeah. is uh, the world is ending. You are tasked with putting three video games into a vault for potential future generations. What do you pick? This is a hard question, and I didn't really think about it because I feel like I should just go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to pick Monkey Island, number mm-hmm. three. I'm going to pick The Witcher 3, and I'm going to finally pick... Final Fantasy 7. Oh, um, wow. So these are my choices because I think they are three from genres I really like and I think they kind of are what are critically some of the best from the genres that I like and I figured that if I give the best ones from the genres that I like that maybe future generations can use them and build new ones out of them. That's a pretty good idea. The ones yeah. I think I'm going to pick aren't... I haven't gone for that. I've just gone for, like, <laughs> my two favourite games of all time, which yeah. is Zelda Ocarina of Time. And I picked Final Fantasy VII as well, I think, um, as being, like, a pretty good staple RPG. And then Zelda, for me, is, like, Ocarina of Time is just the best game ever. Yeah. And then I wanted to put, I want to put another one in there that's random and weird and would confuse everyone. Just Goat Simulator. I just want to put that in there so that they pick it up and they're like, yeah, they play the other games and they're like, oh, this is, this is cool. And then they put Goat Simulator in and they're just like, what the fuck? I like it. What were these people doing with their time? No wonder the world burned. Just, 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 <laughs> just to confuse them, you know. Yeah. That, that's that's, <laughs> that's the reason. I like that theory. That works. Uh, okay, so let's do the other questions. Mm-hmm. So this one is from Rafe at the XP Billionaires podcast, podcast, and he asks, "What was the game that made you decide that video games were a lifelong commitment for you?" This one I found really hard. And I couldn't work out whether I should pick something from my childhood, like my first game, like Super Mario on my Game Boy, or go for something that really got me, like Ooh. Final Fantasy IX. I think it would be one of those two. I think Final Fantasy IX was something I got into when I was about like 14, I think, properly. And that was when I first started doing art as well. So I think that was the first kind of pivotal point of thinking like, hey, this would be really cool if I could help make these. And I think that's kind of what solidified my like lifelong need to do yeah. something very involved in video games and like make them a large part of my life. So probably yeah. Final Fantasy IX. 
I had a big think about this one because I thought there's quite a few games that became, you know, like literally the same kind of age. It was like 13, 14. There were games that I would play, but they would kind of go home with me kind of thing. Like it wouldn't be that I would just play it and then be done with it. It was ones that I was like, I would really want to get back to. I think about a lot would like impact me. And I think I would have to pick Knights of Republic 1. I remember playing that on the Xbox original and just... That was like the, I mean, I played like some RPGs, but this was the only one that ever really grabbed me. Like the story and it was amazing. It was like a Star Wars movie. And I remember that being like the one that I just didn't want to, I couldn't put down. And it kind of impacted me in a way other than just playing it, I guess. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah. So, okay, cool. I'm getting through it. Yeah. So we've got another question. We don't know who sent this question in, but thank you because it's a really good one. And that is, uh, it's Shag, Marry, or Kill. So I've been given Booker, Handsome Jack, and McCree. And I think, well, I'm going to just say what mine is first, just quickly, and then we'll give Steph hers. So I think for me, I would kill Booker, because I'm not going to spoil anything, but he needs to, to, you know, to fill out the narrative of the game. I'm just, I'm just going to say kill. He's just, yeah. He needs to die for things to, to be good. Um, I'm going to shag McCree because Sexy I just McCree. want to shag him. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to marry Handsome Jack, which is a weird one. People will probably <laughs> think I would do the opposite way around. But I just think that Handsome Jack is a great guy and I don't want to kill him. I've already killed him once. I mean, spoilers. <laughs> well, you avoided yeah. one spoiler and then just dove straight into the next one. <laughs> there you go. That's that's mine. So Steph's, mm-hmm. yours is shag my or kill, Garrus, mm-hmm. Guybrush Threepwood, or Geralt of Rivia. Oh. Difficult one because you love all of those men. I do, and I have so fuck whoever wrote this question because this <laughs> don't, don't insult I, the people that gave us the questions. This has caused questions. me deep thought all week. Since we got this question, I have been racking my brain trying to think of the order in which I would do this. <laughs> and I found it really hard. And I think my answer will surprise you (laughs) so i (laughs) so i'm gonna shag Geralt because (laughs) he's a sexy silver fox and i like me an older sexy silver Mm -hmm. fox man i'm uh gonna marry garris because he is my one true obviously i think that was gonna happen wait you're gonna gonna, kill guy i'm gonna have to kill what is wrong with you so this is my problem i was like I'd want to marry Guybrush, but also I can't just screw Garrus. And I can't, like, kill Garrolt. I could, but I was just, I didn't want to. I'd rather screw him over Guybrush. Can you picture Guybrush's face when you murder him? Like, picture that. Picture his little voice squealing. My theory is that I don't think I'd actually be able to murder him. He'd probably come back. And also, his true love is really Elaine. And I can't, I can't break them up. You know, okay, they need to enough. be together. So he can't be with me and he can't cheat on her. So he's going to have to be murdered. And it would be hilarious. Okay. You know he would come up with some witty repartee and it would be great. Okay. So that's my well, answer. thank you, whoever sent in that question. You've caused Steph pain. I like yeah. it. All week. <laughs> um, all right. So next question is from Steve uh, from Podcast, And he's asked us two questions. And the first one is, if you were only able to play one game forever... What would it be? I really don't know. I found this hard. What I actually came up with three, technically. Oh, wow. Well, I say three, actually, it's probably more like two. So, an actual serious game, like a proper 
game would be Biotric Infinite. I think that game I can play like a hundred times and I still love it. I love being in that world and going through all of like the, um, I can't remember what they're called, the voxophones and listening to it and all of that. Like I, I love it. Yeah. But also I think to actually think about playing a game forever, it might have to be Stardew Valley. I think I could farm forever. Yeah. So actually when I was thinking about this, I think I thought maybe something like Stardew because it's got to be something you can just keep playing and for that yeah. thing i think i'm gonna have to go the sims i think i've oh, played the sims forever that's a good idea because you could just build and die yeah. and build and die yeah we change constantly you could build crazy stuff you could do weird yeah. challenges all the time yeah it's gonna be the sims cool for that one and what was the next question <laughs> next question <laughs> is which game would you want to play while having sex so you can answer that one first all right um i actually have an answer for this oh, and God. it's gonna be Pokemon Stadium minigames too. <laughs> Why? The reason I've chosen this is because this is like the b- best... G- I'm so good at this game. It's like the thing I'm amazing so at. So what, you get aroused when you play it? No. My theory is I want to see if I'm still amazing while I have sex. Okay, fair it's enough. I have no reason for mine. I was just doing it to be funny. I picked Duck Hunt. <laughs> So I just, you know, you have like the gun and yeah. I just, I just, in my mind it was comical. I'm not going to explain it. I like, I can, I don't want to picture it, but I can. Cool. Good. Sweet. So we've gone from that question quickly. Um, so our final question is from Jesse very awkward. from the Godzilla 5 podcast. And I like this question. Uh, it is, what video game character would you most like to go on an all night bender with? And how would you like to end the night? Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. So I would pick Grunt. This is topical, oh, obviously. Oh, yeah. Because we would do, we'd set fire to cars, we'd run around, we'd eat lamps, and then we'd pass out in a shower, and it would be the best night ever. Yeah, that does sound good. He'd be a good drinking buddy. I feel like he could drink me under the table and eat yeah. more lamps than I can. <laughs> Definitely. I think you'd struggle with one. Yeah. You might get it, but you might struggle. We'll see. Yeah. So and who would a, you pick to get drunk with? That's a really good question. Who would I pick to get drunk with? I think... I think I'd pick Guybrush. Yeah? Yeah. Before I murder him, we'd have <laughs> oh, an all-night drinking session. And that's how the night would end. Yeah. We'd have the best with time. With him dying. <laughs> Jesus, that's how you want the night to end? That's not how I want the night to end. Nobody just... ever go out with Steph. She'll literally <laughs> just murder you at the end. I have to go to a party tomorrow. People are not going to be in. Um, yeah, no, I think, in all seriousness, I think Guybrush, I think it would be the funniest evening. I think there would be a lot of weird capers. Something terrible would happen. And one of us would end up on a ship to Zanzibar. <laughs> Fair enough. Ending. Yeah. I like that there was an undertone to all of those questions, kind of. Some of them. Yeah. I mean, you asked the internet for a question. Was... I think that's yeah. what's going to happen. Shagging, murdering, sex, like drinking. Yeah. They know us well. They do. But yeah, thank you for sending in the questions. Maybe we'll do yes. some more questions at some point in the future. Yeah. But thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, very much. Thank you for people who submitted. And if you didn't submit, then you fucked up. Too some. late. Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll do one another day. Uh, you can see that we answer some all questions that are sent to us, but please don't take that too seriously and send us some really weird shit because we're not into it well, Steph might be Nikki doesn't like it you make her feel very awkward with 
anything. Nah, it's fine. I like it. She can't be prudish about. <laughs> That'll make him do it more, but that's fine. It's true. I take it back. <laughs> so that's the question bonanza over. So yep. we can go into your number three. Yes, my yeah. number three. Um, so my number three. So this is something I think is pushing the boundaries of companionism, but I think essentially embodies what a companion is, and it is the dog from Fable Two. Fair enough. I was wondering if there was going to be a dog ended up in here. Yeah, I think dogs are allowed. Dogs I don't really remember the dog. Actually, no, I think I remember getting attached to it. Did it die? The dog, well, spoiler alert. Oh, okay. There is a choice to be made. I can't remember. Fable 2, typical action RPG released by Lionhead in 2008. Um, It takes place in a fictional land called Albion, which is kind of a little bit Englishy, set in a colonial kind of era, like highwaymen and that kind of thing. You have primitive guns and big castles and kind of cool towns and stuff, and I really love the aesthetic of Fable. Um, I could talk about it a lot. But you, in Fable 2, you get a dog. Uh, he joins you at the very start of the game when you do your like early childhood kind of uh, section when you're first introduced and he helps you and pretty much as soon as you pick him up he helps you he helps you in like an early quest by getting something for you um but he you know follows you around as you run across the weird countryside uh he can he barks when there's like enemies near uh and he takes part in fights uh which can be quite sad because he can also get hurt and you can hear him whimpering um and following you after he's been like hit and you have to go give him like some potion but he you know he gets back up again and he bravely goes and bites monsters on the butt uh all the time uh and he helps you like sniff out treasure and stuff for missions and quests and things and all that kind of good stuff um and i loved having a dog this was probably the first game in which i was given a pet i remember playing i don't remember really having a companion pet before this uh in that kind of sense of the world especially a dog um and yeah i just really enjoyed it and you could pet it and give it tricks it's just like having a dog and i me as a sad individual was never allowed dogs so this was as close as i was going to get other than my robotic dog texter from the <laughs> 90s <laughs> yeah i mean i was considering putting the dog from fallout because there is actually a dog in i think it might be fallout 2 actually i think dog meat is in fallout 2 i was considering it but then i was like Meh. but no yeah the dog from fable i do remember now i've come to think of it and I do remember getting quite attached to that little dog. Yeah, and I think he does more than just uh, being there as a sidekick. Like, with the attacking and the fact that he helps you on quests and other things. Like, he really does... He is really useful companion. It is like having basic... Like, a basic NPC following you around. Um, and uh, he... Like, the game in general... This is going to be a massive spoiler. But the game makes you really love this dog. And then just you know beats you in the face with your love and basically makes you do like sophie's choice right at the end <laughs> and like choose between your dog and i think saving someone else i can't remember the exact choice but basically your dog is like given up at the end and it's horrible and you're like what i don't want a dead dog and it's said to be known to leave players with a dead dog and a great deal of anger which you know i think is fair I don't want my dog to die. So, you know, the game plays towards the fact that you have probably formed this bond with your companion the whole time. And, and it then takes it, it away. Yeah. And then just smashes you right in the nuts. 
I can sense that you never got over this. I didn't. I didn't. And you know what? I relived it when I was doing Aww. research and I found the dog again. I was like, fuck yeah, I have to have the dog in here. And uh, yeah, just uh, just maybe relive this thing, the whole terrible emotional all over again. Um, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so my facts for dog was the uh, does dog have a name it doesn't does it no you give it a name you ah, can okay. name it yourself so cool. i'm pretty much just calling it dog for now because i can't remember what i called mine well you might not want to bring that memory up that's true there will be some repressed feelings in there somewhere yeah it's all turned into a dark podcast <laughs> it wouldn't dark. it would not be a 10th episode bonanza it that. wouldn't it would just be me crying and nikki <laughs> yelling about sharks and lettuce <laughs> um so my fact is that as the game progresses and your hero alignment can shift between good and evil uh, and your hero appearance changes, but uh, your dog's appearance can also change. So you can have a DLC dog, but if you pick the vanilla kind of game dog that you're given, if you're really good, uh, then he will always appear happy and look like a yellow Labrador. Uh, however, Aww. if you're more aligned to evil, he would be more aggressive and he would get paws and tail that are black and um, have glowing red eyes. That's really clever. Dog. But yeah, it's very cool that the, your kind of companion moves with you. Um, and the only other fact was that on the kind of scenes where you see lots of information and stuff and the kind of half-loading things, uh, it says that... Dalmatians are extinct in the world of Albion. They became extinct after rich people hunted them for their pelts, uh, which is a reference to the 101 Dalmatians by Dodie Smith, also a Disney's adaptation. Um, but Fable, Fable, uh, Lionhead did introduce uh, the uh, Dalmatian breed uh, as a DLC that you could get, which is quite cool. So you kind of have that both tandem yeah um yeah and that's my that's my number three dog from fable two. Oh, cute that's an interesting one i like that i like that there's a there's an animal in there yeah that's cool i want to i want to play fable but i just feel like i don't have it on anything that i could play it never got remastered did it um fable one got remastered in an anniversary edition um, on xbox one yeah if you have okay. and also i was gonna say if you have an xbox one they're all on game pass oh, which is how gosh. i've replayed them recently which yeah i'd like. love to replay them yeah i don't know if i can are... handle losing my dog again this is yeah this is true i replayed it recently though and i think i i think i saved my dog i think i was like just let the world in. just kill the villagers just fucking kill everyone just save yeah. the dogs for the mess mm-hmm all right, so that means we're on to my number two, right? Yes. Number my number two, two it's not a Bioware character. You'd be surprised <laughs> to know. Um, <laughs> this is a shock. This one is Midna from Twilight Princess Zelda. Ah, uh, very cool. Very close. I almost put Midna in. Uh, yeah, so I fucking love Midna. She is the main character, one of the main characters, obviously, because Link is normally the main character, in Twilight Princess, and she basically joins you on your journey. Um, she is one of the Twilight, which is a race descended from the world of powerful and evil magic, who were banished to an alternate dimension by the goddesses Din, Furor, and Nehru, I think I've said that right, after um, a, like a war event. So Midna's basically like banished to this realm, and she finds you when you've just been turned into a wolf by... The, the asshole Zant who is creepy as fuck basically the bad guy 
Ganon's in there as well. He's always a freaking bad guy, but this sand guy is, is in there doing shit too. Yeah. Um, so basically she, so before this even happens, she gets stripped of her power and turned into a diminutive imp like creature. So she's, doesn't look like that. She looks like a not normal human being because I wouldn't classify her as normal. Not that I'm, you know, saying she's weird. I'm not body yeah. shaming or anything. I'm just saying she looks a bit more like a human. Yeah. Humanoid gets, shape. Yeah. But she gets turned into this weird imp, cute looking creature. I think she's adorable. She um, and by, by this guy, Zan, who's creepy. Uh, so obviously he get Link gets turned into a wolf and Midna sees him and decides that she sees use in him to help her basically find the few shadow fragments to regain her birthright. So she kind of sees Link and she's like, well, he's, you know, in trouble, Easy probably to... not doing very well, but yeah. I could I could use him basically, which is a bit, she doesn't really give a shit. She's just kind of doing it because she wants to, to go back to, you know. Yeah, she's a bit manipulative, really. She's basically yeah. like, here's a guy who's not doing very well. He'll be easy to corral into making yeah. him do things for me. She basically, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you kind of help each other in some ways, I suppose. In the yeah. long run, she's helping you to re- like regain, I don't know, I guess because there's monsters everywhere, because that guy's kind of, yeah. She's just basically, you're trying to save the world, and she's trying to save herself. <laughs> so, you know. Um, so I won't give like spoilers away or anything, but she, you and her kind of grab through the whole game together. And, uh, she starts off as, you know, she's, she's not dishonest about how she feels about you in the beginning. She basically treats you like a turd. Um, she's sassy, quite insensitive, but I don't know. I like it. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm <laughs> seeing a continuing theme of the sass and asshole initialness, but I like it anyway. Yeah. That's your new I, sentence. I like it I, anyway. What it comes down to, I think, though, is you get to see the minuscule changes over time through their journey together because she does start to like you and you guys start to get along and you can kind of tell that you both become attached to one another. And I think that's what's nice. Although she starts off as a sassy bitch and she wrote, you know, she keeps her sassiness throughout the game because, you know, girls gotta be sassy. Um, She does eventually kind of, you you know, you you have respect for each other and she does actually apologise to you near the end of the game for being a bit of an ass. So... That's yeah. nice. They've become um, friends eventually, so yeah. she redeems herself. And but I liked Mina because I thought she was a really unique character, especially for the time that the mm. game was released. To have a character that's kind of just, especially in a Zelda game, that's not. I mean, there are some sassy characters in the other Zelda games, but I don't know for being such a main character and someone who is effectively helping you, but then not helping you, like, yeah. and to also kind of be a bit derogative of you is just something that was quite different. I think. Yeah, definitely, because it's not... I can't really think of another Zelda character... Like, there are annoying ones who do, like, the wrong thing, but they never redeem themselves, really. Like, I'm thinking yeah. of... Uh, oh, what's his name from Long Long Ranch? Oh, um, yeah, he's just an asshole. Yeah, and Moustache. things like that. And there are those characters, and then there are the really adorable kind of good characters. But you're right, well, there's that... none of that mid-to-seat, like, sassy There was the sign of, of good Zora stuff. that kind of fell in love with Link. She was sassy, but she also loved him, so... That's a different yeah. story, I guess. That's true. But yeah, there's you're right. She's very different. And she stays with you like the whole time, right? So yeah. she's very different in that sense. She's one of the only ones mm. who sticks with you. Yeah. And I got really attached to her and her mm. weird noises and her voice. Like she's she's got a very unique voice. It's kind of it is um actually this is this is one of my facts, is that basically they to make her voice, they um used like English voice lines, but jumbled up and distorted, creating the gibberish head in the game. I assume they probably increased like the pitch as well because it was very high pitch kind of yeah hamster noises. But I just found something really endearing about her. I got quite attached to her, even though she was sassy. She also seemed quite vulnerable. 
Yeah. Although, talking, thinking of those noises, I do remember how much it used to freak me out. They used to come out the Wiimote. Oh, yeah. I'd love to do an impression of it, but I don't think I have the capability to make such noises from my face. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, that, I think that's why I like her. It's, it's primarily for the, the, you know, the progression, the sort of unique relationship that they have, and just the way that you can just become quite attached to her. And I like that she looks... Her, the way she looks is really interesting as well. Like, she's fucking bizarre. She kind of looks like a little cat. A little black and white cat with a weird thing on her head with some orange hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know what she looks like. Why you like her if she looks like a black and white cat. Because yeah. Nikki's a fan of the cats, especially black and white ones. Yeah. So, yeah, I just thought she was just a really good character. Um, and I got some facts. So... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, basically, in, especially to do with her character, um, the director of the game, E.G. Anuma, called her Tasson, oh my god, I can't even say it. It's, it's a word that looks like English. Tasunda, Tasunda, that's it, apparently, which means a character who starts a story as snobbish and brash, but becomes gentler and kind over time. Uh, a character archetype that both Shigeru Miyamoto, co-creator of Legend of Zelda, are fond of. So it's obviously like, they kind of like that development yeah. where, they sort of are a bit of a dick, and then over time you kind of... Yeah. So yeah. I thought that was cool. Um, during development of Twilight Princess, Tetra was used as a placeholder for Midna whilst riding Wolf Link, which I thought was uh, funny. Yeah, very cool. I like Wind Waker and Tetra. I think she's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so also certain interactions between Link and Midna, such as when she places her hand on his cheek, as well as Midna's unfinished sentence before shouting the Mirror of Twilight, hints towards a possible romantic attraction between the two. Mm-hmm. I don't know about this. I mean, I... all the women love Link. Women, <laughs> All the women. All the women, they love their Link. <laughs> all those women after him. <laughs> um, yeah, so... <laughs> Sorry, that's thrown me off. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry so yeah, speech. some people think that there's this romantic connection between them. Um, people, some people are like agree and some people disagree. Um, supposedly it comes more from Midna than Link, but mm. I don't know. I did watch because I have to sort of remind myself of the game. I did watch some clips. There are some points where you can kind of tell that Link is really kind of attached to her, and when he especially like when he sees her final form, you can kind of see him get an erection. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he missed out there. I didn't want to say that before I inform. (laughs) He was like, "No, I don't want you." And then she changes into lady. He's like, "Damn, damn girl, where you been hiding all that ass?" Sorry, I just hate myself. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Sometimes I speak and it comes out, and I want to just put it back in. Um. No, never do it. This is why I love you. Some romantic aspects there, which, you know, possible because Zelda can be, especially in this game, Zelda can seem a little bit stuck up. So maybe Midden yeah. is the way to go. Yeah, um, You know. <laughs> she'd do all the stuff that Zelda wouldn't do to no. her. No. You'd ask her, but she'd be too stuck up. Midna, <laughs> she'd be down for anything. She's down for all that. Why have yep. I become a gangster? <laughs> I don't know. This is what happens when (laughs) you unleash your inner evil companions. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Right, back in the game. So, Midna's name may have been derived from the word midnight. Um, Mm -hmm. She has a very uh, Middle East look about her, which they decided they wanted to do um, because I think Zelda is 
quite westernized. Yeah. So they think they want to do something different with Midna, and she kind of has this South Asian like attire as well. She's got like the uh, the Gargra Choli, which is like the, the trailing black bell and like the side thing. She basically yeah. just looks quite cool, and I like it because you know going away from like Western stereotypes is great. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think we need more diversity. Yeah. So that's Midna. I like it. I like Midna. I'm glad she was your number two. <laughs> Me too. I apologise to everyone for basically um, making her seem like a sex object. Because she's not. She's a great lady. Yeah. She's not sorry <laughs> at all. She lies. What's happened to this podcast? Now it's your number two. It is my number two. And I'm going to continue on the Zelda train. Oh my god. And I am going to throw in my next animal companion, and it is a Ponya, or a Pona. Oh, a Pona. Um, a Pona. I always say a Ponya, but I don't know. it's a Pona. I like it. Yeah. That's cute. Um, Just, I, I get that she's probably not the best description of a companion, but she is probably like one of the first introductions to having someone you can kind of call and they're there. It's just a very sweet time. She's great to explore Hyrule with you. And I think that kind of is enough of what she does to kind of put her quite high up. And I think it was like one of my favourite things of her being in Ocarina. And I just remember spending hours riding her around um, and just, you know, jumping fences. You don't, she doesn't really mind that you take her across canyons and make her jump things for no apparent reason other than to get the really cool video of her jumping over the top of, um, where's the Gerudo Valley? Um, yes. Yeah. She just, she's great. And you force feed her carrots to make her run faster. She doesn't seem to care <laughs> that. Uh, she's got an amazing theme song that you can play and she appears whenever you call her theme song, which I think is a great thing for a companion. Just you play a tune yeah. and they turn up. I love it's it nice. when I can just call the bitches and they come. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, and I also think she helps Link pick up more women that he doesn't need. Because, you know, Marlon, totally in love with Link after yeah. after he charms baby Apona. Yeah, that's a really good one, actually. And I did actually consider putting her in because I think I grew, I grew really attached to her. Especially, well, I say primarily in Ocarina of Time, to be honest. I know that you do get her in other games, but for me, I think it was Ocarina of Time, and then, like, it was a whole process of seeing her as, like, a little foal, and then, like, getting her as an actual, like, horse, and, like, especially when you go back in time and stuff, and, like, you get to see her as a baby again, and just, like, I don't know, it's just, you kind of grew up with her, I guess, because you were a kid, and then she's an adult, and it's just, it's quite a nice little friendship that you create, and she's kind of there with you throughout the whole game, so it's a good pick, I'm glad you did it, actually. Yeah, it's definitely a nice one. Um, And like you said, you initially meet her and she wants nothing to do with you. And then, Mm. you know, you kind of grow up with her and you uh, like perform her little song and you learn that and you kind of then like just have her as your companion forever. And yeah, I think, you know, most of Ocarina, although it's a great game and there are so much fun things to do in it, that's a large part of, you know, why I enjoyed that game was her and her being with you and kind of riding around the field in Hyrule and exploring. I think for me it was like, I don't know if there was other games around this time, but it was the first game that I remember riding a horse. And I did a lot of horse riding at the time anyway in real life. So for me it was like, oh my god, this is amazing. I'm just going to spend hours riding around Hyrule Field just for the hell of it because it's really nice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think because it was one of those games where I didn't... 
have it initially when I was younger and I used to play on my cousin's one and I was a bit too young to kind of be allowed to play it by myself so I was but I was allowed to ride her and I was allowed to do the parts of you know traveling and stuff like that like that was my role it was that and fishing um and that's kind of what I wanted to do when I was younger because I wasn't great with doing the fighting and stuff um and then obviously as I got older you know I did the replica temple and it was <laughs> I just I just see this adorable old Afrohead staff just like being like no Steph, you can't do these levels just just go right around an opponent and then as soon as you get to like doing a quest it's just like no <laughs> take the controller away from her and you're just sat there with this little sad face like when will i get to play i wanted to ride the pony <laughs> yeah that's pretty much how it went that's uh that's exactly it uh, but yeah aponia has stuck with me forever and um that was my thing and i only have a couple of facts uh one of which is during development of ocarina link would actually use a whip to control her and then after using the whip then he would give her a carrot but i think they decided that that was a bit too forceful and didn't really fit with their relationship so it just kind of you know you now just get the animation of link kind of kicking and yelling okay and you know carrots disappear and she goes um and my last fact is that her name is derived from a celtic goddess of horses of the same oh that's cool so she has a an attachment to her name that oh. I cannot say very well. Apona. Apona. She also has a very good tune. I will always love that song. It's a beautiful song, yeah. It's yeah. great. You put on your little rock arena and off you go. Oh, that... Look at you with your animal companions. I'm surprised oh. I don't have more animal companions. Just I've just got sadistic murderers. Yeah, that was where you went today. And I'm glad. Yeah. Number one. Can't believe Number we're here. one. So I'd like to say that as well. Mine aren't, I wouldn't even say that mine really have an order to them. I've ordered them because them the rules. Mm. But... Really, these could be probably in any order. It wouldn't really matter. So my number one, although it is my number one, I wouldn't say it's like, this is my best companion ever. This is just the one that I thought, yeah, I'll, I love that one. Yeah. So my number one is Forks from Fallout 3. Nice. I like it. It wasn't who I was expecting, but I like it. <laughs> so Forks is a giant super mutant, um, and he's also a companion of the Lone Wanderer, or possible companion if you want him. And uh, I fell in love with Forks as soon as I met him. I don't know why. Maybe it's just a thing about these gigantic, like, mutant-looking companions yeah. uh, that are angry that I just seem to have a thing for. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's not weird. Um, <laughs> he was one of the original residents of Vault 87. Uh, so he used to be a person. So all the super mutants in Fallout used to be people. Mm. Um, and then they become big green giants, basically. Uh, so you find him in a vault and he's kind of locked away you kind of feel bad for him and at first you think fuck he's gonna kill me because he's probably like all those other green guys that are trying to kill me but this one actually speaks to you and i remember just being like oh my god like this is crazy like i can have a super mutant friend this is the best date ever so you know you speak to him and you kind of find out that his real name was shelton delacroix and uh, he's quite well spoken for a super mutant, which yeah. makes him different to the rest. Um, <laughs> so basically, what happened was, I think, yeah, because he was a security guard, and they, like all vaults, which are really fucked up and do weird stuff behind your back, they infused everyone with FEV, which I can't remember what it stands for. Maybe like fetal electric virus. I don't know. I made that up. Like but FEV is the thing that basically makes super mutants super mutants makes people super mutants um so they infuse it with everybody and everyone else you know became super mutants like and went mad but he was not affected and he wasn't as badly as other mutants so obviously he still had his mind and he may have looked ugly and green but 
he was still fairly, you know. Yeah, he was there. He was yeah. more humanoid than super mutant. Yeah. But he did forget his past and who he was. Uh, and he so. had his morality, intelligence, which is good. Otherwise, yeah. I wouldn't have probably let him along with me because he probably would have pooped everywhere and thrown it in my face. Yeah, that's pretty um, cool. cool. <laughs> I don't like poop in my face. Um, so, <laughs> many people do. No, but he was kind of an outcast to other super mutants. Although he looked like other super mutants, they didn't treat him the same. Well, and maybe yeah. it's because I felt, maybe it's because I had this sort of extreme sadness for him that I was like, well, the humans won't accept you. And the supermoons won't accept you. I'll accept you. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, he didn't yeah. belong. But you yeah. always, everyone is welcome in Nikki's party, apparently. Exactly. Exactly. It's even better if you're a psychopath. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you save him, basically. Apparently you can meet him later on in the game. I don't think you have to go unlock him. But um, I think that's probably the best way is to go get him out of his cage. But he probably breaks out eventually. Um, so yeah, once, once you meet him, he says he's been in there in a long time and he's been in it all his life, which is really sad. And he kept himself from going crazy by reading up on the terminals and stuff. So he was actually quite intelligent. Basically, what I love about Forks is just, he just bumbles around with you. And I think it's because he makes you feel really safe because you're like, I can't untouchable. I've got a gigantic supermoot with me who carries like, it was like a minigun laser ray or some shit. I can't even remember. It's a big, gun that he carries around with him and i don't know i just felt safe with him around and he always had something intelligent to say or you know ask me things and yeah. don't know it was just i just like i just really liked his character i like it yeah it's a nice one it's not definitely someone i wouldn't have thought of i mean i'm not hmm. huge i didn't get that far into fallout but yeah i would never thought i would be friends with a super mutant but i could imagine it i can see it yeah so he was my friend um hmm. the only bad thing about forks which there's not many bad things, but when he'd be wandering around with you, sometimes he would just shout things. So say you were wandering a really quiet vault and it was a little bit spooky. Yeah. And suddenly you just hear him shouting like in the background. You're just like, Oh my God, I just shit my pants. Like he'll do it for no reason. He might see like a rad roach, a tiny little bug on the floor and he'll just start obviously fighting it, but he'll just shout and it just, Oh my God, it just, it scares you because you don't, you forget that he's there sometimes. And you also, he sounds like a super mutant to an extent. So you think, Oh my God, I'm going to die. Um, yeah. So Forks, great character as a companion, maybe not great for taking in super quiet, scary places. Yeah. I think it's fair. I think that's a good line to draw. Yeah. For the super mutant. So, but he's very lovable. I'd recommend him as a companion for anybody in life or in games. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I wish he was real. Um, so, my last and final fact about Forks is where his name come from, which is probably pretty obvious. But basically, Forks read about a lot of history. And one of the history that he read about was the gunpowder plot, which involved a group of rebels trying to assassinate King James one and... All that kind of malarkey. So obviously Guy Fawkes was what he decided to call himself after all of that. Um, and it's quite nice, really, because, um, I don't know, it just suits him. And I think as well yeah. they say that um, to do with all of, like, it's to do with the like, Vendetta stuff as well. So both V and Fawkes gain super strength and intellect after their experimentation, um, which is rare. As obviously most super mutants only gain super strength but suffer mental drawbacks or just die. Um, but they obviously survived and they were stronger for it. So... There's obviously some references to Guy Fawkes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, and Vendetta. So, that's cool. Yeah. Um, that's my really. That's not my facts are for. Because he's just a cool, fun guy to have around. I like shout, it. Shout angry stuff. It's definitely not who I thought you were going to have as number one, but it's a who very did, interesting who did you good one. I think I was going to have as my number one. 
I thought you were going to have Elizabeth from Bioshock from your uh, love of it and the general rating of her as a companion but I mean all she really does I, is throw coins at you and occasional useful yeah. things so I think uh, she'll belong in another top five but I think for like companion I feel is like someone who I don't know I don't know it's just, I, I mean she, she obviously is like a contender but I just when I thought of companions I felt like really kind of RPG yeah. that's just what I went for and you know she might uh-huh. she'll be another list and also I must say for my lists I did exclude romantic interests out because i know that it would cloud my judgment so there'll be i'm sure we'll do a top five most sexy companions i don't know we'll do something for that i'm sure we will (laughs) however with my number one i know i might have ruined that for myself can i just can i just say who your number one is yeah go for it garris of course it's garris i haven't spoken about garris before other than to say slightly that i love him um garris is obviously mass effect one and two and three uh, by Bioware. Um, it's typical Mass Effect, although we've kind of covered, is the third person shooter RPG, which is a cool mix of stuff already. Um, and Garrus is one of your companions that joins you, similar to Rex and Grunt that we've spoken about. Um, he is in Turian instead of a Krogan, uh, which are kind of more like tall... I don't really know how to describe them. I don't they're know how to describe more, what they look like. I don't want to say bug-like because they're not that bug-like, but they're a little bit like locusty. I'd say. Yeah, they kind of remind that's... me of locusts. I think that's fair. Um, he is a badass space dude, and he's kind of like a police, a space policeman because he works for CSEC, who is kind of like Citadel police and stuff. Uh, he has some cool eyewear, and he likes calibrating things. What's not to like about? you know good old garris uh i genuinely think that even if you don't choose him as a romantic interest he's still one of your best companions he's one of the only people who's with you for all three games like completely all the way through uh for when you like get him to you know finishing number three um and he i think he's your buddy like the couple times when i've played it and i haven't been you know his romantic partner and stuff i've still enjoyed him as your friend you know you go out shooting cans off you know the top of the citadel together and you know having some cool you kind of get like a buddy cop vibe thing going on and he's one of the only squad members that when you go and talk to him every time it's kind of in that cool i've got something interesting to say to you and we're kind of like buddy but similar to rex i think and grunt they're kind of between the three of them that's who i always liked yeah to the most you know like going around the ship i'd kind of do everyone else just out of necessity to just go and talk to everyone to get missions and stuff but those three would be the people i actually really wanted to talk to and enjoyed the most um again for his like personal quest uh you know it's just as fun to do and if you romance him, it's like the best love story you'll ever hear. And I love him because he tells you your hair looks nice and your waist is supportive, which, you know, is good. Um, I just, I could never romance him. I don't know what it is about aliens. I'm just not into them. I think the thing with the alien thing is it's like, I don't know. I'm not actually physically having to touch that. So it doesn't bother me. You know what yeah, I mean? Like if no. I want to watch two guys, you know... I want to watch a guy and a girl have some sex and I want to be romance. You know, I can play any other game. I can't romance aliens and anything else. And, you know, you kind of want to see what it's like. Okay. Call me adventurous. I don't know. Um, but he, uh, I don't know. He's just, he's one of my favorite characters and there's just quite a lot to him 
besides like being really good and he's really useful to have on your team as well uh he's a really good sniper and does quite a lot of like long distance stuff so not only does he provide you know that kind of conversation outside of the ship when you're kind of talking to them and becoming buddies and stuff or romancing he also is actually really useful to take with you i think i would often have him and rex or grunt on my team and that would be my you know my kind of thing maybe liara or someone like that but generally it would be those guys um and yeah that's kind of it um one thing i was thinking about actually and i got reminded of when i was thinking about garris was that when you are in a kind of romancy thing with him uh apparently there's one point where and i remembered it when i read it was that morden who is a salarian on your ship yeah. uh who is just amazing and he's again he's one of the only other characters again alien who is just hilarious uh apparently he when he notices that Shepard is like attracted to Garrus. Shepard can start asking him for advice regarding Turians and stuff like that about like romantic kind of things. <laughs> and there's one part where Morden warns Shepard about chafing. I remember oh, happening when I read it, what? and I was like, "That's hilarious and also terrible and also really disgusting." Um, and that he'll give you positions that would probably be best for human oh, Turian interrelationships. And I don't yeah. want to know about that. Well, now you've done it. I think for Morden me, Garrus. Garrus is like that kind of brother character yeah. so I'd never even dream of like romancing him because he's just like I love him to pieces Garrus is is amazing um and he's definitely one of my favorite characters Mass Effect of all time um but yeah like when it comes to like romancing him I'd be like no you're he's my bro mm, I don't know I just really love Shepard and him together like the two characters I think just kind of work and they've been together yeah. I kind of like it because you know the first one you can't romance him so you kind of have to be buddies with him first and it kind of pushes that relationship into kind of a nice way yeah you can only romance him from mass effect 2 so this was one of my facts obviously he originally wasn't going to be a love interest for Shepard at all and then uh, you know because he's an exo skeleton wearing alien guy (laughs) but apparently all the fans when they were making number two said you know they'd love it if that could be a thing they kind of almost demanded it of bioware so they added it in mass effect 2 and it's only from two to three and i think that's what i kind of like that you have him in one you guys are buddies and it's cool and then yeah and then you kind of develop your relationship on you know two and three and i think even if you don't the fact that he's in those games as a companion it's just just as good um my other fact is that i guess we know but maybe other people know that he's uh, voiced by a guy called brandon keener and i think my attraction for garris comes from this man's voice if i could bang a voice this is a voice i would bang it's just beautiful and it's lovely um he does a lot of voice acting and a lot of regular acting as well um one of the notable things he's been in is probably uh he was in la noir as detective harold cadwell who's quite like a main detective in it which is quite cool um and yeah that's about all for my garris facts other than i found out that they've just started selling garris body pillows and i kind of want one yeah i'll I'll get you one thanks it's my 30th birthday coming soon so yeah that can be my present (laughs) in a really Um, creepy way no garris is a great pick he's a great character and i think you know nobody would disagree with that and i think for me like i just loved having a friendship with him like i think because obviously that's the great thing about Mass Effect if you don't want to fuck someone you don't have to do that um, you can just be friends with them which is great yeah. or not friends whenever you feel like Jacob um, so I think mine and Gareth's friendship was was great and I loved him and I did consider putting him on my list but you know I have to have a point where I stop putting Bioware characters on all of my lists because that's, that's just going to get silly 
yeah i think that's fair um and i think yeah like you said it's just a good point garris is great friend or partner yeah but never i'm um, sure he's good at calibrating everything <laughs> i was trying to think of some sort of sexual thing with calibrating but it just didn't no i don't know how to do I mean, that i like that you tried i've i've sort That's of rinsed of all my funny weird sexual jokes i'm, I'm done i use them You've all done. on midna yeah that's fair I, in that case i guess we're at the end of our podcast because we've done both our lists yeah um thank you for joining us for our 10th episode bonanza and thanks yeah. for submitting your questions and uh yeah hopefully maybe we'll do something like that in the future so let us know if you want us to or just like throw questions at us and maybe we'll just do it who knows yeah if you have any more questions um you can always just send them to us at um on our twitter at game till five um you can also email us uh at game till five at gmail.com if you know you feel like just sending us a random email about something um and you can follow both me and nikki also just personal on twitter you can follow nikki at what nikki Ellie Cat, two E's. And you follow me at Sefi M with three F's. We like to add in extra letters to our things. Um, yep. And that's about all we have time for this week. So yeah. thank you very much again for the questions. And again, Nikki, for your wondrous list. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Nice, nice, nice. Nice.